0: Power of the Future presents the Your Fracking Welcome podcast. Each week, Rick and Larry take you through the latest news you need to know to take on the eco-left. We're proud to stand with our country's energy workers who get the job done every day. And to all those greenies out there, we say, you're fracking welcome. Now, here's Rick and Larry. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you are across this amazing nation of ours. Welcome to the You're Fracking Welcome podcast brought to you by Power of the Future. Hey, I'm Rick Whitbeck, the Alaska State Director for Power of the Future. And joining me as always, hey, Larry Behrens, how you doing today? You're the Western States Director for our great organization and – uh. It's probably as beautiful a day in Albuquerque as it is up here in Anchorage.
1: You know, it's a lovely 80 degrees. First of all, happy Friday. Good to see you as well. You know, folks don't know that I get to see you when we record this and uh, the, the sun is shining on your face. It's just, you know, I, in Alaska, I'm sure that that only happens, what, two days out of the year. And so congratulations. <laughs> I'm glad you get to, to spend it inside talking to me.
0: Yeah, you know, it's uh, today could be the very first day in Anchorage where we actually hit 70. We've uh, we've been 69 the last two days. Today's supposed to be 71, so uh, Alaska summer or at least late spring is here, and it's uh, glorious and um, couldn't couldn't ask for better weather outside. Not a cloud in the sky, and you know, there's not a there's up here. It's been kind of all rosy and sunshine and and unicorns and rainbows and things like that the uh, the last couple weeks. Because we are officially no longer shut down for business from COVID-19. We are, um, other than a 14-day quarantine period, if you come in from outside of the state of Alaska, we're open for business. Bars, restaurants, churches, you name it. And, we're that's, back to, uh, and that's 100% Dakota.
1: everything, right? No restrictions. Yeah. No, Really? Wow.
0: Now, I mean, we're having things like the state fairs already canceled just because of concerns as a nonprofit that, Somebody could get sick and, you know, cause a problem, right? But so things are still canceled. Um, A lot of our festivals, a lot of our fairs. But as far as everyday activities being open for business, uh, there are no restrictions. And that's pretty awesome
1: wow so we're we're not quite in the same boat here in new mexico Um, no i i I hear that you know starting on june 1st they're going to open up our restaurants for dine-in at 50 percent and the churches are still at 25 percent uh large mass gatherings which it sounds like are still closed down in alaska as well are still uh very much up in the air here but canceled uh for now and so it is starting to i think uh, open up a little bit and we're under a a mask order uh outside you got to be wearing masks if you're out in about in New Mexico. And so it is, uh, you know, it just caused um, a a lot of love and a lot of kumbaya here in our state. (laughs) And it's just fantastic. No, you know, it's not, you know, it's a back and forth feeling of grateful for things to be finally reopening, but the massive damage in a lot of ways has been done. And secondly, you know, I think I'll just say it as a resident of a blue state, you know, governor right now. We're grateful for the red state governors who are like Alaska, who are opening up and not putting the restrictions on and trusting the people to be able to take care of themselves as opposed to leaving it to the government, because that is doing what to energy prices. It is helping uh, get that demand back up to where it naturally should be.
0: Yeah, certainly the, the recovery on energy and, and oil prices uh, specifically up here in Alaska, we were just talking. the, the WTI price this morning as of our podcast is uh, 3322 or right around there. Um, Alaska's north slope uh, pricing is 36.45, which makes about 70% of our uh, fields up on the North slope uh, actual, actually profitable. So above break-even, which is certainly better than it was, you know, 30, 45 days ago, right, Larry? So um, it's beginning, and certainly as people get out and about and are comfortable traveling, then demand will only go up, and we'll see a, a price adjustment there, you know, therein.
1: Absolutely. And I think, I mean, I, we're not telling the audience anything that they don't already know. But as we look at these things uh, across the state, it, it, I think a lot of people are now just starting to ask the question of, are these things more health related or are they more political? And, you know, in New Mexico this week, our governor got caught as uh, more than a few blue state governors have of breaking her own rules. And she went and had a jewelry per, uh, purchase at the same time she was telling every other store to absolutely stay closed, and everyone to stay home. She sent a friend to get some jewelry from a store. Now, uh, in, in full disclosure, at her press conference yesterday announcing that restaurants would reopen, she called the story wildly inaccurate and then provided not a single ounce of evidence of how it was uh, inaccurate. And so that is the the national attention that got shined on New Mexico uh, this week when it talks about reopening. But I don't know um, uh, how it is, uh, you know, up in Alaska, but I think by and large, people here are starting to feel like they want to take care of their family and their health and what's important. But, you know, they're going to take responsibility for that themselves. And they're not going to wait on directives from Santa Fe to tell them what's going on.
0: Well, and I think, again, you know, we talk about recovery within the state and, and really part of it is personal responsibility. Right. And, and so um, personal responsibility in, you know, taking safety into your own hands, being smart about wearing masks, if you think you're going to be at risk or put other people at risk, you know, but I want to talk about a different kind of recovery. And yes, it's a little bit self self uh, awareness here. But I had a real medical scare last week, um, I ended up with with blood clots in both of my lungs, Larry, and, and could have died and probably should have died according to the doctors. So is first of all, it's just good to be <clears throat> relatively healthy, right recovering. But I have to talk about this, and I wrote about this on, or we wrote about this as an organization on the Power of the Future um, website, powerofthefuture.com, about when energy reliability becomes personal. You know, we talk all the time about the fact that without energy workers out there, we wouldn't have a reliable grid, we wouldn't have reliable internet, you know, whether it's coal, whether it's natural gas, whether it's, um, you know, heating oil, whether it's whatever. The, the energy grid relies on the, the the opportunity of men and women to go to work every day and produce a product. I have to tell you, I was in the hospital for four days in ICU. Um, it was supposed to be 10 to 14. I'm blessed. I beat that timeline. I was home. But I never worried about the electric grid. And I never worried about the technology. And I never worried. I mean, I was worried about breathing. I was worried about um you know, recovering. I was worried about getting off of oxygen and it being able to breathe on my own without the assistance. I was, I was worried about getting off the heart monitor, right? But all those things came about because of the backs of men and women in energy creation, in energy production, and then in the energy um, development, you know, of responsible resource development, whether it's uh, minerals or oil and gas that allowed for a lot of those products, whether it was PPE or you know the actual technology, the heart monitors, things like that. Those all come from the backs, uh, you know, a sweat equity of men and women working in the energy community. So, um, as much as I'm thankful and appreciative and in awe of the amazing talents of the doctors and nurses and everybody that helped, I'm also equally grateful to the men and women in, in energy development who um, who made it possible for me to shorten up the stay and get home and continue the recovery. It's going to be a long 12, 14, 16 month process, but I'm on my way and uh, energy workers played a big
1: part in that. Well, I can tell you just on a, on a personal level, absolutely. We're, we're ecstatic that you're doing well and that we're talking here this week. And like I said, I get to, to look at you and the sun is shining on you and it's great uh, that we have that opportunity. So personally it is um, you know, the the prayers that, that we've said, and I know that many yep. folks in Alaska have said um, uh, you know, obviously make a difference and we're, we're glad you're here and glad you're talking with us. But to your point, you're exactly right. We have the absolute privilege of having energy that we can take for granted, but just because it's taken for granted does not, uh, undermine the fact that it is the difference between life and death you can look at and and we talked about it a lot when coronavirus first started hitting and the numbers unfortunately start to turn to not people but statistics after a while uh when we look at this but you look at coronavirus hospitalizations how would those be possible without a reliable power grid how would those be possible and those life-saving measures that need to be taken without the energy workers who get it done and we rightfully think you know, the medical workers and the teachers and everyone who's had to make a massive adjustment for still performing their work here. But I would argue, thanks to the eco left, energy workers get left out of that gratitude, even though Absolutely. what they've done is the absolute difference. And and so it is something that I think our audience knows, but that the larger public needs to know that the the power that is in that hospital right now Uh, Whether the wind is blowing, whether the sun is shining or not, is thanks to an energy worker who helped develop that resource, you know, moments earlier from when that power was needed. And so it, it made all the difference for you. It makes all the difference for everyone who is in a state of relying on electricity, which is absolutely all of us. The difference it makes in our way of life. Um, we get these examples and we get these experiences like you've had over the last week that really put an acute point on it but it is there constantly because of these workers and that's why that's why we're here at power of the future and glad you're here with us uh, Rick and Thanks, and, and uh, you know uh, Broncos fan uh, still there I even overlooked that for the past week as difficult as you know all that Broncos gear I have to look at it's it just it, it, it hurts in, in many ways but seeing you it balances it out.
0: I've told you, God is a Broncos fan, man. That's why. Suns- that's why the most brilliant sunsets are orange. Uh,
1: you know, we like to have accurate things in this podcast, and so <laughs> we're going to go ahead and just edit that. I, I kid. We're, Let, we're
0: let's 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 go back to the really important things. So, while I was laying in the hospital, you had some things happen in, in New Mexico with regard to um, a person who's probably not a big fan of energy workers, or at least his politics so far have said no. Uh, Joe Biden got a, a big a big boost, right?
1: Absolutely. From last week. And so and and definitely uh, uh, pales in comparison to the to the world you were working with. But absolutely. Um, Last Friday, our governor endorsed Joe Biden for president and no one to date, um, with the exception of the Trump campaign, has asked what is her position on Joe Biden's energy plan. And we've seen it. You've seen it. Joe Biden has. And uh, I know our boss, Daniel Turner, has written about him. Joe Biden has gone extreme left on energy, um, even more so than he was even just a few months ago. You know, when he stood on the stage with Bernie Sanders and said, I'm going to stop drilling on all federal lands. Well, that's 30 percent of New Mexico, a huge percentage of Alaska. And we thought, wow, that was pretty radical. But no, he, he's even gone further. Bernie Sanders, AOC are part of his campaign Task force advising him on what to do on climate. The Green New Deal is back on the table if there yep. is a President Biden. And that's over a hundred thousand jobs in New Mexico. And you know, four months ago, I think that was hard for people to fathom what that was like. But now that there's over a hundred thousand New Mexicans on unemployment in the state. Uh, Everyone here knows someone who has lost their job. That is what it would do. And not only that, it would raise the cost. Our organization has taken a look at what the cost of the Green New Deal would be for the state. So imagine not only losing your job, losing your income, and the opportunity to support your family, but having to shell out another $70,000 to make your house compliant with the green new deal, to throw a Prius yeah. in the, in the garage with the green new deal. I mean, I'm sure, you know, Michael Moore can afford that even though he's no longer uh, a, a huge advocate, I would assume, but average- oh, no, he's
0: still a huge advocate. I mean, he's, he's still a huge advocate of, of, of green technology, but I think he's had his eyes opened as to who, like Bill McKibben, actually would uh, benefit from that, Larry.
1: Absolutely. And so, you know, the average New Mexico family where the income is around $40,000 a year, it's just not going to work. And it is something that... Um, You know, everyone who has endorsed Joe Biden here in New Mexico has not had to answer for. The reporters are asking about the governor about, you know, uh, hey, how do you feel about maybe being vice president? How do you feel about this? And she gets to say she's flattered while she's wearing some pretty nice jewelry, get to say she's flattered and (laughs) and say it's nice. And here's my credentials. Of course, they're looking at me. Nothing about what is arguably the state's biggest industry industry. And not a single question about it. It is really, really shocking.
0: Yeah, you know, as, as we as we wrap up this uh, this podcast, guys, we just want to say thank you again for, for being a part of, of the show, for listening in, for giving us the opportunity to talk every week. Um, you know, lots of other things are happening in our states. We could probably go on for an hour, but that would bore you to tears. Because, I mean, really what you want to do is get out and enjoy as much of, of what you can enjoy in your states. But you know, to the, to the eco-left out there, I'm just going to say one thing as we wrap up. You're fracking welcome that we're even here giving you something to worry about, right? Because before Power of the Future, Larry, there really wasn't a voice for the energy worker the way there is now, and nobody's as aggressive as we are in fighting back against the BS, radical, anti-jobs, anti-American agenda of our <clears throat> friends in the eco-extremist movement. So for all you guys out there, you're welcome. We're here for all the listeners who are uh, uh, of more solid, sound, uh, rational mind. We really appreciate being an opportunity to to talk to you. And so what do you have to say, Larry, as we as we finish this one off?
1: Well, I'll just talk real quick because you're exactly right. We were the subject of a love note from our friends and the Progress Now movement here. And, you know, it was promoted by not only Progress Now, but New Mexico's Center for Civic Policy and also the Sierra Club. And so when you look at I don't know what the number is, but when you look at the millions of dollars behind those organizations and the fact they're coming after us, Let's be clear. They're coming after us because we're telling the truth about energy, and we're glad to do it.
0: So, everybody, have a great week. We'll be back on uh, on air next week. And until then, have an energetic week, everyone. This has been the Your Fracking Welcome podcast brought to you by Power, the Future. That's it for this episode of Your Fracking Welcome. Brought to you by Power the Future. Check us out online at powerthefuture.com or on Twitter at PTF New Mexico and PTF Alaska. In the meantime, make sure you tell your favorite radical environmentalist, you're fracking welcome.